0: The Harry Corrie Summer Sale is now on. With massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less, visit us in-store or online at harrycorey.com. Harry Corrie, the curtain embedding specialist. The Summer Sale is now on.
1: So joining me in this episode of Laughter Unlocked is YouTuber and TikTok star and rising star in the stand-up comedy game Finley Christie. Finley, really, really good to have you on the, the show. How are you? I'm great. It's an honour to be here. Thanks for having me, Simon. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You are about to embark on your first solo show, at Edinburgh. You must be pretty excited.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's my first my first hour, so uh, yeah, it's like I'm I'm making a kind of statement. I'm saying, know, this is. This is who I am, this is my show, it's my kind of, uh, my introduction, formal introduction
1: to the industry, Ugh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, the, the, the industry know you very well, the industry know you very well, I mean, you, you are a, a previous one of So You Think You're Funny, that was 2019, and you've got a bit of experience, someone who started, or someone who did the first stand-up gig at the age of six. Yeah. So... You've got, uh, you've got about 17 years experience page. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't, feel, I did, I did. Yeah. But this thing called the comedy club
0: for kids, which is, uh, they're comedy workshops for kids basically. And I did, um, I did them from about age six to about age 15. Um, but only, a, only kind of a few, uh, they were, they were all a bit few and far between, but, um, yeah, g- gigs gigs for kids, uh, were, were a very interesting,
1: but quite a different beast to, uh, Adult gigs. Yeah. So, so at six, it seems quite early in someone's life to know that comedy is going to be the, the, the game. How, how did that come about? I, do you know what? It's, 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 it's shameful. Um,
0: and I wish I find it so cool when, when, uh, when comedians are just good at comedy without actually having been like a huge comedy nerd. But I was, I just really loved comedy my whole life. I mean, I, I used to listen to like cassette tapes with, uh, with like stand up and sketch comedy on it. My dad was into it. So, yeah, I just, I just, I was all, I always loved it and was always a bit of an attention
1: seeker as well, I guess. Did you have any particular inspirations back in those days? Anyone that you would kind of, was your kind of go to stand up? Trying to think who I used to listen to. I used to listen
0: to, like, Steve Martin, Flight of the Concords. I had, like, Flight of the concords CD. Uh, who else? I had, I had, like, Morecambe and Wise on a cassette. I oh, had,
1: proper royalty. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the classic. I really liked John Hegley when I was a kid. Do you know who John Hegley is? Yeah, I, I, no, I'm going to be honest and say I don't know much about him. You tell me. Well, he he was, like... um. A comedy poet, basically, and he did all these songs about wearing glasses,
0: about how it's better to wear glasses, and I wore glasses at the time, so I was <laughs> really related to
1: that. You might have been too young. Did, uh, if you, your parents might not la- have let you listen to Billy Connolly at six.
0: i uh, yeah, I don't think I was allowed to listen to Billy Billy Connolly. Um, but I remember my dad talking about him. My dad, my dad's Scottish, so. All right, cool. Well, I suppose yeah. the name
1: like Finlay Christie, yeah, that was on my that was on my list to ask you. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it's a very Scottish name. You can tell it's Scottish because it's, it's two surnames. It's a very <laughs> very Scottish thing to just have two surnames as your name. Well, Billy Conley does a wee bit about that. The, the, does the, he? This, yeah. In fact, one or two people in, on on uh, the laughter unlocked so far have referred to an audience with Billy Connolly as probably the perfect hour of television stand-up ever. And then if you haven't watched it, you really should. It's so good. And this dates back to the probably the late 80s. But you know, the, the audience with format, so mm. it's all superstars or celebrities in the audience asking them questions. But Connolly in that show was just at his absolute best. But he did a little bit in it about Scottish people with um, second names and first names. And Campbell and Urquhart and Cameron and what's the bit? What what does he say about it? I think he might be talking about folk who find themselves working on like you know maybe the BBC or whatever, uh, and and a particular kind of person who has a second name for first name, and he has um, Campbell shouting to Cameron, Cameron, have you seen Urquhart and Finlay? Where <laughs> are they? You know, and uh, this is a uh, th- that's how he goes into it. So, but I was listen, I didn't want to start slagging off your name. This uh, we've only just met. But uh, no, I'm so not so, flagging up. I'm proud to have a Scottish dad. <laughs> so, so your dad's from up here. He's from Aberdeen. Cool. Um, were you were you born down south or
0: Yeah, I was born in London. I still go up and and see my my grandparents though. But I got a very funny Scottish grandpa. I went I went last time I was up at Edinburgh. I saw up in Edinburgh. I saw him, and I remember we we were, we were having dinner, and um, I had uh, like a Scotch egg. And I was sort of waiting for everyone else to get their food. And I remember he said, he was sort of looking at me like poking this scotch egg. And I remember he just said, it's just so, just that really, it's just that
1: Scottish sense of humor. He, he saw me poke it and he went, are you waiting for it to hatch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Having a, Was that your first scotch egg? Had you had one before? No, it wasn't my first. It was my first proper, like, you know, non-supermarket scotch egg. <laughs> you put me in mind for one, actually. I'm not a scotch egg in ages. So look, let's jump back from a six-year-old to the 23-year-old. Tell us about your show in Edinburgh, Then what can the, the people expect when they go and see you? And, and and I should say, at this stage, you're at the Gilded Balloon the TV at room every day. Did you say, what time of the day is it? 6 p.m.? 6 p.m., yeah. Okay, right, well, so tell us about the show.
0: Well, it's a show about um, being a young person, being, being Gen Z, um, which is like, or Gen Z? I don't really know. Everyone under twenty four is this, yeah, Generation Z. Uh, and but it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it, it's 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 not the kind of show where you're only going to find it funny if you are a young person. Uh, I've done, I did it in Bracknell the other day to you know to an up pretty mature audience <laughs> and. Uh, and they and they they liked it as well. I think people are quite interested to know what it's sort of like to be a young person, having grown up with a smartphone, and mm-hmm. you know, um, having to do things like distance learning, and and kind of having not the not the brightest future,
1: maybe. Mm-hmm. I suppose some of the audience members will have Gen Z kids as well, though, no? so that will really uh, they'll, they'll know exactly what you're what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I do a bit on uh, sliding into the DMs.
1: Do you know what sliding into the DMs is? I I, I mean I'm not that old. yet. <laughs> I do. Yes. But yeah. uh
0: have you slid into
1: the DMs before? No, no, I've never slid into anyone's DMs, I can assure you, and I can particularly assure my <laughs> wife that I haven't because uh I mean so, yeah. What you tell me what, what what it means to you then? What you know, what does sliding into DMs mean to a young person because it, it does. we will have a lot of listeners. Yeah. Who maybe don't understand what it means.
0: Well, well, starting is sending someone a private message. Uninvited. Yeah. And I actually, in the show, I kind of, I kind of give a little guide on how to do it. All right. Not that I've cracked it. I I, I explain and I'm not very good at it, but yeah, I explain sort of how you
1: go about it. This is a a kind of textbook for single people, I would imagine. We wouldn't really Mm. be encouraging married people to slip into people's DMs, would we? And Laughter Unlocked definitely not although i think married people that's more of a facebook that's more of a cheeky little Facebook. all right see so when i think dms i'm thinking facebook is there other stuff <laughs> oh no. no instagram instagram <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can DM a, um... you can dm an instagram I, j- I thought instagram was just photographs yeah no there's messaging there's messaging on instagram so, yeah this, this is a common way for people to meet i think
0: although i did it i did it a preview where i said i asked it was, a, it was a very young audience it was all like people my age and I threw out. I was like, "Does anyone, does anyone here slide into the DMs?" And and one go, the in, in like the second row was like, "Ugh, ghetto behavior," which made me think, "God, maybe I'm not the voice of my generation. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe people
1: my age actually see me as." Uh, partaking in ghetto behaviour. Do, do you feel at 23 you're kind of over the hill a little bit when it comes to talking about social media and Instagram or something I don't worry about that because I'm an, I'm an older Gen Z Gen Z or whatever. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So there's a lot of the people I'm supposed to be representing are... Well, I ha- I've had a YouTube comment once
1: being like yeah you're, you're, you're 23 you're not Gen Z. <laughs> That's my whole brand. And you, you still get people of my age talking about millennials. Oh these goddamn millennials. Millennials are all nervous. Pushing fifty or something, do they know I mean. They'll certainly millennials will be. It's certainly in the late thirties. It's 40. true. It's true. They're getting. They get. They're not the 8th it generation anymore. Yeah. It's all. It's all happening too fast. But I've got a comedian friend up here. I'm sure he won't mind if I if I'm giving him a wee name check. His name's Tam Cowan, and he actually works for an rival newspaper. And I won't mention what the newspaper is, but Tam's very very funny. But he describes. The best way to describe to someone who doesn't really know how social media works, if you can compare like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let's say you're going on your holidays, and you post a picture, say that's us at the airport, we're heading off. So you get loads and loads of like, all your pals on Facebook will say, "I oh, have a great time" and all that, and then all, all your all your friends and and Instagram will you know, send loads of pics, whatever, and then all your Twitter followers will say, "Oh, I hope your plane crashes." Yeah. <laughs> do you do Twitter? <laughs> I do I do find the vibe, it's a very singular vibe on
0: Twitter. It's very different. Facebook is, yeah, Facebook's quite formal. I think it's something to do with the demographic that uses it. And then, yeah, Twitter, I think it's quite hard to be sincere on Twitter
1: because
0: people will just rip you to shreds.
1: Yeah, yeah. But Instagram, I'm relatively new. Hands up, I do use Instagram. In and particularly, given that when the podcast started, I had to really start getting into it. But I don't really understand that well how it works. But it does seem a very, very happy place, really happy, cheerful place. You don't get any negative feedback in, in any of your posts. I don't think. I might be wrong.
0: No, I think you're right. I think Instagram is probably um, probably is the friendliest one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you do, I feel yeah, I feel relatively safe on there, especially compared to TikTok. People on TikTok on Tik's man, they're
1: mean. So YouTube and TikTok is probably where you have your your kind of largest audience. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you—I—I I would imagine that at the age of twenty-three, you probably don't even have Facebook, do you? I do actually have Facebook because because when because you still sort of need it for for comedy. Yeah, I don't know how
0: I don't know um, if it works the same outside of London, but yeah, it, when I started
1: to book gigs, you'd need to join Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. So going back again in time, so you you know, you're age of six, you kind of you know, you start doing the comedy for the first time. At what point in your your young life? Did you realise actually? Yeah, this is this is what I want to do, and this is where I'm where I'm heading. Can you can you, can, can you pinpoint a particular moment? Very late. It was
0: not. It was not at all. I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be uh, a writer and then an actor. And then I didn't really know. I thought I wanted to maybe get like a normal job. And then when I started doing stand up again at uni, which is when I first did adult gigs, um, I sort of put the pieces together and went, well, I wanted to be an actor, then a writer or a writer then an actor and I love comedy and co- doing stand-up is all of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it ju- I just sort of after I'd had a I've read one so you think you're funny and then coming out of that and and um, and sort of picking up a bit of momentum and making videos. It's only very. I mean, I'm still not. I'm still not a hundred percent. Like I'm. I'm still accepting that it, it could all still go tits up, and I'll get I'll get a
1: sort of job in marketing or something. But uh, yeah, very very recently. Well, you're, you're keeping very good company and being a, a winner of. So you think you're funny alongside the likes of Lee Mack and piece of K. So you know you're doing something right, and you know that that must give you a wee bit of confidence that you that you you're heading in the right direction. It does. It it does definitely, but yeah, you've got to prepare,
0: you've got to prepare for it all to to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It does after so you think you're funny. It did give me a lot of confidence, but um yeah, I'd love to
1: love to make it a career if I could. As far as the kind of, you know, the the video content and the online content concerned, I imagine, in fact, well I know that a lot of a lot of people who were traditional stand-ups when lockdown happened and Covid came along, they were all thinking along these lines. It must have been. Uh, did Did you find it quite fascinating watching older people, more established acts, having to suddenly learn this new kind of aspect to comedy and get their heads around it and and, and fumble their way through it? It was interesting, especially because that's not how I had approached it. I I
0: wanted to make videos on TikTok because I liked the app mm-hmm. and I was just addicted to it, and I and I and I and I wanted to post my stuff, but went to see yeah, seeing these older comics kind of not really understanding how the app worked and I could tell that they weren't watching videos on it them trying to post a video not really understanding kind of the unwritten rules of the app mm. was without being mean it was sometimes a bit cringe mm-hmm. but but other times I really liked it because I was like oh you know what they're they 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 they're giving it a go some people really got their heads around it mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was I was actually I was just talking to um, Russell Hicks Yeah. He's got like a social media guy, I think, that kind of helps him with the subtitling and stuff. But he's blown up on TikTok and that's, it's not his generation at all. Yeah. But um,
1: he's rightly so. He's developed a big following on it. Yeah. People discovered they had a talent for it by accident because of the, the circumstances we found us, uh, ourselves in. What about you? I mean, you, winning the So we Think you Funny in 2019 mm. must have felt like this is a real, real springboard for, for you know, to do stand up. And then within a matter of months, everything just shuts down. I mean, which is probably probably a bit of a sore one looking back as far as the the timing was concerned. As soon as I won So You Think You're Funny, I moved to France. Right. So I wasn't really capitalising
0: on it anyway. I was still halfway through a uni degree and my year abroad was a month... started a month after so you think you're funny in my head I was like well I, I want to do stand-up but I still I still want to finish my degree so what was your degree well it was called so it's called language and culture so I did French and
1: Chinese basically and then so have other- you tried and you've tried comedy in, in other languages as well
0: yeah so after I did so you think you're funny when I was in France, the way that I was sort of learning the language was by doing stand-up in French. Wow. So I do gigs in, like, I did a lot of gigs. The, the scene there is North African, so I did a lot of gigs in shisha bars and stuff, and I get paid in shisha. And uh, it was cool. a mad experience, but I had some of the best gigs
1: of my life over there. Presumably you were pretty fluent, so you could handle that. I mean, I'm breaking out in a cold sweat thinking about even trying to be funny in your own language is a challenge for most of us. But doing it in a second language, hats off to you. It was tough, but also you have the
0: advantage of having an angle. Yeah, you know, I was the English guy, mm-hmm. and also you have a funny accent, which which just <laughs> makes that? people laugh. I would go up on stage and at these shisha bars and say "Assalamualaikum," and they'd find it so funny because it's an English guy saying an Arabic word in
1: France. So it's this. Weird, it's such a they they would fall about the place. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't bring this up. I've got this image of a uh, Loa and the cop. I don't know. It, do you do you might <laughs> too young to remember. That, unfortunately, that. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen a All right, okay. Well, having said that, you're only 23. A Loa was in the 1980s. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was set during the Second World War, and it was. Um, it was a comedy show about the the resistance, and they had. Um, they'd intercept a, intercepted a British officer who was trying to get back to the UK, back to Britain. And they they basically they they said Look, just go undercover as a policeman, <laughs> so he was kind of walking mm. around trying you know pretending to speak French. But anyway, it's like no one listened <laughs> to this. Will remember a so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But so, and what about Chinese? Have you tried comedy in Chinese? Oh, I wish, I wish
0: <laughs> I am not good enough at, Ch- at Chinese to to have done a set. I haven't even done a gig in China, unfortunately. A bit of a struggle getting a visa at the moment, so can't
1: really go over there. So. Edinburgh then tell me what are you hoping for I mean there is in fact yeah I was going to ask you about the differences between you know doing online video content and then doing live stand-up both present challenges nothing more challenging than doing in a in a a second language obviously but when you're on stage and you're looking into the whites of people's eyes and you got a microphone in your hand what what are the main kind of differences between doing that and being in your front room for example and making a TikTok video? If that doesn't sound too obvious
0: No yeah the main, well there's there's loads I mean it's like a, it's um, it's a completely different thing but the main one the main thing that makes it harder um, making a TikTok video is you don't get to workshop your material before you put it out so you get one shot of making it funny and if they don't like it they don't like it you can't really take it down and try it again. Um, whereas stand up, you can workshop something over the course of four months. So you kind of have to be certain that it's good. And that just comes from kind of knowing people's sense of
1: humour and, yeah, and people and the capacity for attention on the app. Do you particularly, when you're doing live stand up, and obviously if you're doing like the, the Comedy Stone in London, for example, you, you would probably know fairly early on in, in, in the set what kind of audience you have? The Fringe, it's a mixed bag every day because you know, people from all, all around the world, people who might just be passing, you know, people from, you know, it could be Scottish, it could be from anywhere. Do you ever have to kind of think on your feet early on in the set or or that, right, OK, this audience isn't going to be suitable for what I'm going to talk about and you may, maybe have to change it around and adapt to suit? Definitely, which is something that you don't get with TikTok because you can make something
0: as niche as you want and it will reach the people who get it. You can make a joke about, I've got a video up that's about David Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I can't do that in a comedy club because half the people there might not know who he is. Mm-hmm. But I can do it online and it'll, it'll do well because it will reach the people who've been searching for that. Right. That's the trouble of stand-up is it's got to appeal to 90% of people in the room, whereas it, it doesn't at all on, online. Further reductions in the Harry Corrie summer sale with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in-store or online at harrycorrie.com. Harry Corrie, the curtain and bedding specialist. Further items reduced in-store and online.
1: Have you ever been really badly affected by nerves? You you do strike me as quite a confident person, but have you ever have you ever had a a moment on stage where you've just thought, ah, it's not working, and your panic sets in? Thank you, thank
0: you for saying that. I've seen a confident (laughs) person. That's that's (laughs) that's boosted my confidence even more. I, um, yeah, definitely have had like early on, like doing gigs. uh, When you do it, when you do like a big crowd, and you think. Or be, you know, be compared to what you're used to, and you think, "God, this is not going well. well." I had one gig where they were all talking over me, and it was people that I knew from my uni,
1: Ooh. like my friends, talking over me. Dicks after, <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassing. Oh wow! Did, did, did you um, did you take uh, take it up with them afterwards?
0: Um, no, because I was because I was trying to fit in at uni, so I wasn't going <laughs> to. I think mean, would have thought I was a bit of an asshole if I was like, "Are you? Can you not appreciate that?" the art I'm doing for you like stop
1: schmoozing and trying to you know make friends at a new place so you, your voice will also be familiar to younger parents who are CBeebies fans and whose children are CBeebies <laughs> fans I I've been doing my research I don't know if they'd be like I put on a
0: voice when I did the kids TV shows so I don't know nobody's ever recognised me by my voice but um, yeah yeah Waverloo Waverloo yeah tell me how that how that came about Way Blue, that was a kids' TV show I did when I was doing stand-up as a kid and really interested in acting. I went for an audition. It was the first audition I'd ever gone for, and it ended up being a series that ran for well, ended up running for 150 episodes.
1: Wow! And you put you you voiced the character? Is it yo JoJo? Is that he? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I voiced Yo yeah. JoJo. Yeah, Excellent. yeah.
0: It it was a a very strange experience, kind of. Uh, I think it taught me how to be professional at a very young age. So does that
1: bring back happy memories for you? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed doing it, but it also brings back memories of just like being like really young and like in a studio when I should have been at school and being like exhausted and asking the <laughs> producer like, how many more scenes
1: do we have to do? Yeah. But yeah, it was a great experience. It was more fun than school. I'm glad we had a chance to mention CBBS because... As the listeners will know that I'm doing my 10-minute spot at the at the Fringe this year and I've spent about two years putting together about 10 minutes worth of material. But part of it, CBBS comes into it because as a newspaper person in Scotland you get to know the, the underworld gangster scene pretty well. A lot of the, uh, the hard men, gangsters, kind of un- underworld figures all give themselves um, nicknames that sound like cartoon characters there's been a fraggle and there's been a bonzo and there's been a scooby and all that kind of thing. So I do a wee bit about, imagine these guys were actually on CBeebies in the Night Garden. <laughs> yes. And they were chasing Makapaka with a samurai sword to get their gear back off them. You know, I'm, I'm just using that as a, as a as a shameless way of bringing that into so when I when I read beforehand that you'd voiced the CBeebies character, I thought, oh, that's perfect. I got we plug in. So this you were at school, yeah. So that that was obviously before before comedy had even kind of um, entered your mind, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. Just other than doing other than doing like stand up, uh, like kids gigs. Yeah, it, I, I wasn't quite the aficionado that I am now.
1: Sure, yeah, and and. So the Gilded Balloon, it's gonna be kicking pretty much kicking off this week. You'll be doing it how many nights? God, I don't know. It's what is it, like twenty, eight, 20 no, like twenty six or something. It's long, right? And you're missing this what apart from the seventeenth, can I guess is that a Monday? Oh, I don't know. I bet it is. There's just someone of the previous guests was uh, saying that that Mondays aren't always the best day and then if we're going to skip a day, and take a Monday off, you know, so maybe I'll be... Yeah, I've heard Wednesdays are tough as well, Mondays and Wednesdays. What are you looking forward to most about coming up here and doing your your first solo show? Apart from all the laughs. Well, like, my mates are all going up. Yeah. All the people that I started with
0: are, uh, yeah, are going up and doing shows or, yeah, so, like, just hanging out with them every night and... And being like hanging out with, like being able to like brown nose more successful comedians in, <laughs> in like the, the fancy bars and
1: stuff. Yeah, after a sustained period of time, like you know, um, you know, a, a, almost a month of of, of um, shows, consecutive shows. Do you how do you reward yourself afterwards? Do You get take a wee holiday? Do you get anything planned after it? After August, that's a good point because I'm taking time off work to do it. So technically, it is my holiday.
0: And then I go back to work, <laughs> right? So, t- well, tell me about that. Tell me about your day job. I write TikToks for companies.
1: All right, cool.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I write. I write like um. I'll go to like Pizza Hut and be like, "Yeah, if you want to make your video about pizza go
1: viral, this is what you have to do." That's superb. Do you start in any of these videos? Do you just purely write them, or do you do you pop up at any? I've been in a couple. I did one for
0: weirdly a teeth whitening brand because we were looking for a comedian to do it. And
1: everyone else was too expensive. So I said, I was like, I'll do it. Yeah, they can afford you now. They won't be able to afford you next year. Well, that's the, the goal. That's the dream. Do you, will you be, so you're taking a month off to do the Fringe, basically. That um, But then you get back into that. Yeah. Does the Fringe lend itself to do much video content? Will, be, will people be able to watch your show on YouTube and so on? I think I'll
0: probably try and do the show like around... Before I put it out somewhere, because I think when you put when you put your material out, you kind of have to retire it. So mm-hmm. I'll try and do it as much as I can before I put it out online. But it might be streamed a few places. I don't really know. Yeah, I think it might be streamed on ne- Next Up or something.
1: Again, this I'm gonna sound like a complete Luddite, which again is a term that dates back to the early twentieth century. I'm gonna be a bit old fashioned and ask you to invite people who are listening to this who don't know much about Finlay Christie. Where's the have you got your phone in your hand at the moment? What's the best thing to do? Where do they go to see your content? I would recommend that a good a good crash course would be if God, it feels so
0: cringe like marketing yourself like having this no go
1: on that's yeah that's why we asked john big opportunity to plug your, your work
0: but yeah i think um the thing i'm most proud of that i put out online is i did a series uh it's on youtube and tiktok it's called uh when they go to a foreign country in a hollywood film and it's <laughs> essentially like a film in one minute clips that is kind of a parody of every action film where they go to like the Middle East or South Asia. I try to pack in as many kind of of those kind of recognizable tropes as possible. So the opening video is, you know, the kind of British professor character three buttons open played by Tom Hardy, the helicopter blades are spinning and blowing his hair everywhere and he's and he's kind of welcoming the the FBI agent or whatever. You know, it it, it I try and pack as much <laughs> in there as possible and I'm really happy that with the fact that I kind of managed to like wing a narrative and and yeah, figure it out as as I went along. So yeah, I, I'm proud of that. Go
1: give that a watch and if you like that, then I
0: you like to come to the show.
1: Absolutely. What do you do when you're away from comedy? What are your kind of hobbies? Have you got anything? That you, are you a football fan? Or what, what do you do to kind of take your mind off it? Or when you're not making content or making people laugh?
0: God, it's, you've put me on the spot there. I don't, I don't really do anything else. I, I, I'm quite busy with it. <laughs> but if I, if like, when I do have a spare moment, I try and keep up my languages, I try and keep up my French and my Chinese. I'm not a, a big sports guy. I I, I used to skateboard. I try to do that. It's been nice weather. I've been trying to skateboard a little bit more. Yeah, doing that and and just and just practicing writing my Chinese characters.
1: The Chinese is fascinating and I, I've spoken to a lot of people who if they could turn back time would do that, you know, would would try and learn it because it, it must open so many doors, you know, even business-wise as well. If you can speak fluent Mandarin and Yeah, well, for me it was I wanted
0: to do I wanted to go to China and do stand-up comedy in Chinese. So the, that was the dream because there's a guy over there called, I've forgotten his name, but he's like a Canadian guy and he's like the most famous foreigner in China and he does stand up in Chinese. And to be honest, he's not that funny. Mm-hmm. So I reckon it's just, it gives you a big advantage if you're just, you know, a white guy who can speak Chinese. People people look at it and they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I want to watch that. So like the fan base that you'd have there
1: would be would be insane. And again, without sort of generalizing, do you find if you're, if you're doing comedy to you know kind of Chinese audience compared to a British audience or even a French audience, mm. the subtleties of the humour that the, there must be massive differences in, in, in what you know certain nationalities would would laugh at. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think French people don't like having the piss taken out of them that much. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, oh dear. Um, although Algerians love it when you take the piss out of the French. Mm-hmm. French people don't really like it when you take the piss out of them. They're quite serious. <laughs> Um, they love it when you say stuff like oh English people are so pale they like they find that hilarious <laughs>
1: have, have you got anything up your sleeve or do you have any kind of nod to the to the kind of political scene or do you, or do you try and just keep away from that altogether because there's so much going on in the world at the moment it's quite a lot of it's obviously pretty depressing but do you try and just stay away from that because I imagine so many acts the fringe are going to be doing Boris Johnson and yeah. whatever else
0: I don't have any... Uh, a lot of the time, I think if you're a young comic, best to stay away from the stuff that they're not gonna trust your opinion on. So mm-hmm. I try to talk about young people because that's probably the thing that people will give me the most faith in me to kind of be the authority on. Yeah. And whenever I've tried to venture into any other area, like here's my opinion on politics, or here's my opinion on the world, people will, I can tell the audience are a bit like, yeah, but what the fuck
1: do you know, mate? <laughs> No, I can see where you're coming from. I I have, so I've got a 23-year-old who's my middle child, my son who's 23, my daughter's going to turn 30 and I also have a, a daughter who's about to turn 14. Now we were, and we were just not long back from a fortnight in Cuba on a holiday That's it. and there's no internet whatsoever. We, we could get, the, get Wi-Fi in the hotel, but the minute we left the hotel, went out and about, went to Havana, did sightseeing and so on, she had never experienced the world without internet and she had to actually talk to her mum and dad. Which <laughs> it was really, really challenging for her for the first two or three days, but I think in the end, I think she actually quite liked us, you know, but it was great. But I just, I'm, you know, just thinking about act the kind of thing you talk about too, mm. you know, trying, appealing to, to people. Who are just completely glued to the phones?
0: Yeah, man. I, Cuba sounds awful.
1: <laughs> well, that was one of the one of the issues, one of the many issues the, the, facing the, the the Cubans in the moment. <laughs> I, you, you're probably kind of breaking out in a cold sweat again, thinking about a, a world where you couldn't access the internet.
0: Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I talk a little bit about this in uh, in the show, just about kind of like uh, how. Could people people always say with my generation, it's like affected our mental health and our attention span and stuff. You say it's like, like having phones, smartphones and access to the Internet has affected our mental health. But like, I just think it's worth it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, people always say, like, oh, get rid of your phone. You know, you'll be so much happier. Whenever I hear that, I just think, yeah, but like, do I want to be happy or do I just want my phone? Like, Yeah,
1: but I mean, having your phone in your hand makes you happy.
0: You know, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah exactly exactly people yeah people say like oh it's it supercharges your dopamine it's like oh that sounds amazing
1: <laughs> like that sounds brilliant <laughs> why would you not want that yeah this is uh, this is really good because there's so much of what you're talking about kind of appeals to me in, in my and my kind of household and i'm actually definitely going to direct my own kids to your content i think i think away right up the street yeah, they love the show, man. They get them to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the beauty of Edinburgh as well, as you know, is that, you know, people will, families will say, right, I'm going to go through and they maybe haven't really kind of planned what the, how the days are going to unfold. And they'll just, you know, in the morning get together and look at the programme and so on and say, right, we could do that. We could do that. We could do that. Six o'clock's quite an interesting time, actually. Six o'clock's quite a good time, you know, because uh, people were sort of starting their evenings with something, something nice and light
0: yeah i mean i've been i'm trusting people i'm trusting everyone who says that's a good time although because people say don't do eight because the big acts are on it but i reckon everyone does
1: i reckon everyone says oh we'll go six instead of eight but I think 6 is quite a good time because people will, will try and you know, cram in a lot of shows early in the day and they might want to have a kind of le- you know in the afternoon maybe have a mm. have something to eat maybe a bit kind of fo- I'm saying that and I've just realised the show I'm on is at uh, uh, half past 4 so no half past 4 is the best time I wouldn't want 6 o'clock no chance no, half, past <laughs> is, half, half past 4 is half past 4 is after lunch Waking, waking up late in Scotland, or you know, have, have people will just be waking up in, yeah. the, in the early afternoon. So yeah, I mean, so but the, the, the good thing is, so I'll be, I'm talking like I'm doing an entire run. I'm doing two days, nineteenth um, and twentieth, at the Beehive, uh, half past four, as part of G Lafferty and friends. That's another plug. But uh, as soon as I'm I'm finished, I'm going to make a point of coming along and watching you. Definitely uh, the the Gilded Balloon. Oh, brilliant! Well, I, hope, I hope to see you there. So I'm just thinking, yeah, we've been chatting for well over half an hour. There's, we've managed to, to cram a lot in. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Finley, though. It's been really enlightening. And I'm sure a lot of my older listeners as well will, will appreciate it as well as the younger ones too. Oh well I'm yeah, I hope I hope I I hope I can uh I'm I'm glad. I'm yeah, I'm trying to branch out and, and uh Yes, you're appealing to everybody across the board and uh it's gonna be great. Well, listen... To, in, in, What's your show called? It's called. So I should have asked you that right at the start. Um, OK Zuma. OK Zuma. Oh right. Okay. I, I need. I need to ask you very quickly where the, the the inspiration for that title came from.
0: So I I wrote it because there's a meme, which is OK Boomer, which is what people kind of. It's, it's kind of like a patronising put down um, for sort of people over fifty. It's like, oh, what do you know? You're a baby. You're you're part of the baby boomer generation. Yeah um but then also another name for gen z is zoomers so okay yeah. okay zoomer would be a patronizing put down to me trying to preach to an audience about what it's like being a young person basically
1: that's great and actually that will work particularly well in scotland and i don't know if you know this or not and if you don't then this will be perfect for you but a zoomer in glasgow is like a rocket i nutcase. not Oh no way! Yeah, total Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Oh my god, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, that but look, but the, 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 so maybe well be you might only have like you know, out of 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 a full room you might only have a handful of Glaswegians and and in among that handful of Glaswegians not all of them might get that get that reference. But no, a Zoomer is yeah, total Zoomer. What, oh, you're wow, a the title is even more clever than I thought. Like a Ned, so a Ned yeah, yeah. Or, or a yeah yeah no no I mean it it, it works brilliantly in Scotland. Your Zoomer, so it's a double reference. So you've you've got you've got a you got about time to maybe work a wee gag in there. That's I've got fun. to you now. I've got to address that if you put the Zoomer. And Glasgow in a internet search. Is that, is that the term internet search? Yeah. Um anyway, listen, it's been a complete blast. I really, really love chance if Finley. You're gonna to go to the very top, I can tell, and uh I'll make a point of coming to see you. Thank
0: you. You hey well you you and um you and David, you're you you'll always be a couple
1: of zoomers to me. <laughs> we're the champion zoomers. The biggest, we're the, the biggest zoomers in this studio at the moment, I can tell you that. Um, right, uh finally Christy thanks very much for your time mate really really enjoyed it and I'll catch up with you again soon thanks Simon thought, nice to have you guys nice to have me on